Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumser. Good morning, Stacey. Morning, John. How are you doing? I'm on top of the world. It's um, the last show of 2017. Did you think it would ever end? I don't know. It's been a long year. There's no doubt about that. And we've had a lot of um, a lot of interesting topics, and we've had, I think, a lot of changes going on, both HR tech and I think globally as a world this year. So yeah, it's been it's been a long year, but it is ending. We are coming to the very last uh, show and the very last week of the year this week. And today we're going to talk about the things that caught our attention in 2017, because anybody with any sense has actually got their feet up. They're having their their morning <laughs> cup of coffee before they lounge around and don't do anything all day. Or I was I was out and about yesterday, and it seemed like everybody was everybody was on the way to to the mall. The traffic was yeah. worse yesterday than it usually is. The shopping is, at least here in North America, I don't know if that's the case globally, but shopping after the holidays has, I think, reached a pretty high level here. It's almost frantic. I tend to generally like to stay home. Um, and I'm visiting family this week, so that helps. So my feet are propped up while I'm talking to you, John, but I am definitely thinking about what happened this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, at least your brain is at least your brain is with yeah. us. So, so what do you think the most important thing was last year? What got your attention? Well, you know, this is definitely, I think, an interesting year for the Android technology space, but I think also for the tech space as a whole. Right? I think um, what we saw this year was. Um, a shifting almost, I would say, of the focus on technology being um, very much the last several years about individual little applications that would help individuals in the little ways they wanted to sort of, um, you know, get an app that would maybe help you figure out your finances or help you figure out how to get a recipe done or how to, um, you know, do better health care, whatever it might be, Right. I think this was the big year we shifted into realizing that the larger sort of overarching um, applications and platforms were really important because you had to connect all the dots to all these important things that we'd figured out in these little apps. So for me, this was a year of integration um, in, in many interesting formats, which led to a lot of artificial intelligence conversations. Whether or not it's real artificial intelligence, I think you would have a better grasp on. But to me, it was a year of integration. That's interesting. That's interesting. So, so the the deals that that got your attention, the companies that were making a difference, are people who make things work together. Is is that what you're saying? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if, if you just look back, I mean, you know, I always do a little bit of a look back at the numbers of our research, <clears throat> or of the things that we're covering in the research and the tech space, and our our headlines for the last 50 shows that we've done this week or this year, which we um, did over the last, uh, that I just did over the last couple of hours, was that Google was mentioned 15 times, Microsoft we mentioned in our headlines 11 times, ADP mentioned 11 times, and LinkedIn mentioned seven times, and Facebook mentioned eight times. Those were the most often mentioned technologies in our um, headlines. I thought, well, all of those companies are working on some way of connecting the marketplace, right? Um, whether that's through their own individual marketplaces, through acquisitions they made this year or in the previous year, um, or they're just in general connecting the entire world through search and Google's 
plans to dominate. But ultimately, it's been a big year about talking about big companies this year, I think. That's okay. So, so part of what I hear you saying, and I and I and I agree with you on this, is that um, the ecosystem. So, the, so the universe of uh, companies and technologies that plug into larger platforms. That business exploded, and the tension to yep. that stuff exploded. And there were there were great stories from everybody, and the the and one of the ways that you see that is the really big players now have their own trade shows and are not as important a part of the larger, you know, sort of HR tech uh, universe, partly because the things that are interesting to the, their users are the companies that easily integrate. Yeah. And and so so that has become a world in itself, and and that probably that probably was at its most noticeable when the HR Tech Trade Show and Workday's user conference were scheduled in the same week in different towns. Um, mm-hmm. That that meant that that if you were a Workday user, you didn't go to HR Tech. You didn't go see what was new in the market. You went to see what was new at Workday, and that's a change. That's well, a and, and I think what's interesting, and what's interesting about that change is, uh, I think you know, the commentary that it's not just about sort of. We shifted from this idea of all-in-one platform, right? I think even you know, if, you know, Workday is an interesting example of this, right? Where Workday had been very focused on, you know, we were grown from you know sort of the bottom up. Everything's in a single platform. And this was the year they opened up to having platform as a service, which meant other people could sort of get into their code and do a little bit of editing of their own and edit a little bit of, you know, at least modules that are around the edges of the application, right? And I, they also, I think if you talk to any of the vendors who are in this space who work with them, became a much um, friendlier vendor to work with, right? You talk to a lot of organizations, they said this is the year where they actually were able to talk to them about how they did integrations, right? Um, Previously, they were much more um, less open, I think, with as far as their approach to doing integrations and who they were going to partner with. And that, I think, goes to show that how the whole market was shifting, is that it isn't just about everything being in a single, single application. It is about who is in your ecosystem, and which gave room for many of the small solutions uh, to really make huge brands and names for themselves because they were partnering with the right partners, right? Because they integrated with the right um, applications across the board. So that was sort of interesting. So it's the first thing, is, the first bullet is this was the year of integration. What's the second thing that has your attention? Well, I think, you know, it was also, we had a, we spent a lot of time, me and you, now this could have been where we were focused at, but I think, you know, the, the data coming back from sort of just analyzing all the headlines this year, we spent a lot of time talking about investors and investment in the financial market this year, particularly what we would consider activist investors. Um, they had a major impact on the HR technology space, partially maybe because things were slowing down a little bit. The market wasn't quite as hot. They were trying to re, you know, adjust, you know, where the, the finances were going to be coming from. Um, but we definitely saw both ADP and Cornerstone in the news multiple times because of the activist investors. Um, we also saw, I think, some interesting um, commentary on what was happening 
in sort of the Oracle SAP success factors workday space, both with leadership changes and large amounts of sort of commentary on their cloud investments this year, um, all from the investment space, more so from the buyers community. So yeah, there were a billion dollars in venture capital investments. This, you know, so this is under fifty million dollars, basically, uh, or you know, maybe maybe there were as many as a hundred really interesting startup deals that were funded in one way or another from that VC thing, and that's 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 got to be thirty percent increase over the year before. Uh, so, so the velocity of money inside of HR tech is is really growing. The the activist investor thing that's that's pretty interesting. That tells you that our that our market has matured. You know, you and I have both been around long enough, and it hasn't been that long to to watch um, HR tech become an industry and. Yeah. Industries have publicly traded companies, and publicly traded companies have activist investors because um, uh, for a little bit of money, you can have a large return if you know how to play the uh, what the, the activist investor is a kind of a polite term for corporate raider. Um, and uh, when you have to deal with corporate raiders, it's it's a form of uh, coercion or blackmail that that they that they engage in taking management to task sometimes with good reason and sometimes with no reason other than it looks like there's some money to be made here and so we we had we had an activist investor who got quiet after he lost the the shareholders election um, at ADP and. I haven't heard a lot bubbling through the surface uh, about the the people at Cornerstone, but it seems like that might be under control as well too. Is, is that what you're hearing? Yeah, I think I think the the active investor pushed for some of the um, the changes that were made and and uh, the approach they were taking to sort of finances. Mm-hmm. They also um, accounted for um, the I think the position about you know, sort of are we going to sell Cornerstone or are we going to get an investment. And the $300 million investment that they got here at the latter part of the year, all of that was part mm-hmm. of that activist investor conversation. Um, I don't know, um, not enough sort of investment and in sort of paying attention to that one to see if, you know, it, they were a direct reason for it, but it obviously had part of, of that um, conversation was built into it. But I think, you know, the other commentary that you were making about sort of the venture capital investment do you, you know, there was definitely an increase, particularly I think in the recruiting space. We saw a lot of of, of large recruiting organizations get a lot of um, sort of individual investor and uh, money. But from your perspective, John, and you've been watching this from a finance side maybe a little bit longer than I have. Then is is this a market where we are going to see huge returns like we did, you know, the last three or four years, or are we at a part? Point where things are stabilizing a little bit because we're maturing at the upper end of the market and where we're not going to see such big returns over the next couple of years? Well, I'd be tempted to say that that um, um, 
from what I have seen, the products that are being developed with venture money are are sort of tabs on a drop-down menu. So there Mm -hmm. isn't really a LinkedIn out there being developed or another iSIMS or... Or like that, or or there are projects that have got on for some time, like like Lever and, and Greenhouse that 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 don't really scale into multi billion dollar companies, uh, and um, the market keeps looking for that. Uh, the market would really love to find that, um, but it hasn't sort of turned up just yet. Um, so, so there's a lot of scrabbling around looking at things that might work, um, on the hope that something grows big, but it's still the sort of the seedling stage. I think, um, if the market continues to hold, this will be the big question for 2018 is, is 2018 when we have the economic crash or is 2018 because of the tax legislation the best year we've had in a million years. Um, yeah. that, that, that's the question on the table for 2018. And if it's a really good year, as it sort of promises to be, then uh, we might see some really interesting stuff happen in the, in the venture-backed players because there are some who are doing, like Engage Talent is doing extraordinary things uh, with with data collection and parsing. Um, and so we might just see something interesting happen. But you're right, the money's going in the recruiting segment. Right now it is, yeah. With, with, the recruiting and wellness would be the other space where I'm seeing um, investments being made. And, and I should say wellness slash communications, whatever that might sort of look like in the various worlds. Productivity is sometimes rolled into that. Um, that seems to be the place where I'm seeing um, if there are investments being made in those areas seem to be the places where it's being made. Um, that space, I think, is yet to be defined. Recruiting tends to be more defined, but obviously also a lot more uh, players in that market as well. Yeah, so money's flowing through. Um, how how did we do as an industry with sales? How's revenue? So, yeah, so I mean, we don't track revenue per se, but we do track at the CRC to research the budgets, right? So we ask organizations whether or not their budgets are going up, going down, or whether they will be staying the same this year. And one of the things that we saw this year is that the more organizations are keeping their budgets, we're not reducing budgets. That that hasn't started to happen yet, like we saw in 2007, 2008. So I think we're safe from that perspective. But we definitely saw that organizations weren't increasing their budgets as rapidly as they were over the last couple of years. So the best way to say is that organizations have invested quite a bit of money over the last several uh, years in their HR technology environments, and they're stabilizing. They're kind of saying, okay, HR tech is, we've got a bucket here that we're going to continue to spend, whether or not we replace that with someone else, as long as it fits inside this picture, you know, that we already have created, then, you know, the numbers are going to stay the same. The one place where that's a little bit different um, very large organizations, so those organizations over 10,000 employees, which is a much smaller overall number of organizations, those organizations are slightly increasing their budgets, not a huge amount, but slightly increasing their budgets this year. 
uh, and many of them still have what we would consider big HR tech um, changes. In other words, they have big transformations in the play. They're the, one, they're the organizations that are still replacing their what we said core HRMS environments. But those investments will probably be made in the bigger companies as well. So if they're going to make big changes and in investments in HR technology, those big companies are often the ones that will invest more often in bigger names from that perspective. Um, and we're also seeing uh, both in Asia Pacific and Europe uh, plans to increase HR technology budgets. But we also have to remember that particularly in Asia Pacific, those are starting from much smaller bases than we have here in North America. And those regions, um, the spending on overall spending on HR technology is much, much lower than in the North America market as a whole has ever been. So the question is, will that increase in spending offset to some extent the slowdown in increase in spending in North America? That's probably going to be the big question this year. Can the number of companies sort of keep their revenue numbers the same, I think, by expanding to global reaches? One of the things that that I noticed this year is that the players in general were focused on the small to medium market rather than the, rather than the big market and i think that reflects what you just said which is that particularly in north america but in general budgets are relatively fixed for uh, big companies so there's no real possibility of sales growth if you're selling to big companies uh, but there's a possibility of sales growth if you're selling to small to medium-sized companies because those are uh, greenfield sales, and in the market where budgets are fixed, they're replacement sales. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And so, and so, so in the states, people have been focused on solving small to medium-sized business problems. In the in Europe, India, and the rest of the world, uh, people are focused more on solving large enterprise problems. So if you're talking about the parts of the market that do large enterprise sales, the, the problem has shifted to a global problem. And if you're talking about the parts of the market that focus on small to medium sales, there's 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 growth and attention and investment going on there. Does that match up with your data? It, it matches up, and it definitely matches up with what we saw last year. Our numbers showed that the SMB market increased their budget, was going to increase their budget last year, and we definitely saw that happen. I, I think, and this is, this is, I think, the shift that's taking place, that in the next six months to probably 12 months, um, Large organizations are going to be making more investments, but I think that their investments are still replacement, and so the money is going to be going to many of the or, the larger global organizations. So you will see them going to very very large um, enterprise level systems um, versus small startups, um, industries, you know, sort of chain game changers in the market. So that, that's the only shift I would make to what you said is that. Just for the next 12 months, we are still in transformation mode for very large organizations. And we're talking organizations over, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 employees. Um, a lot of them have not made the transformation, particularly here in North America, to basically a new 
cloud-based application is what it comes down to for their enterprise HR, or they haven't integrated all the parts that need to be integrated. And I think this is the year that they're going to be doing that um, because they've done all their investigation. Um, that's where a lot of money will be going. But that's not what happened in the last year. The last year was definitely SMB and mid-market, and I think we will continue to see SMB and mid-market being the only place we can see green fields, right? So, so, so that was it. So you, you, you had a couple of really, really important nuggets there. Uh, one is that um, large companies have not made the transition to cloud services that we expected. Is it, did I hear that right? Yeah, not as quickly. Yeah, this year, yeah, they're, they're moving there. You know, we knew that it would take a little bit of time, but yeah. Um, so, so there's some. Is, and, uh, do you think that the new privacy regulations are going to slow that down even further? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question, right? I, I don't know that it will. Um, I actually think it might speed it up because even if everything's, you know, the number one issue if you talk to most HR uh, leaders, no matter what systems they're using, but particularly if they haven't gone through an HR technology transformation in the last. 10 years is that they don't know where all of their employee data sits, right? It's on often in little environments, sometimes on premise, sometimes in small little cloud applications that, you know, regions or different groups are using. And for large organizations, just getting that simple, how many employees do I have? How many are full-time? How many are part-time? Who's on the payroll can be the number one issue. Um, if they haven't gone through a transformation effort where they really thought about their employee data. And that I think is, I think things like GDPR, um, as well as regulations that we're seeing even here in the United States, that although we're rolling back regulations, there's still some question about, um, you know, the, the big payroll tax changes might actually force more people to be paying attention to, you know, where their payroll work is being done and who's doing their payroll work, right? Um, that might require them to actually move to the cloud more quickly because it, it, it's an excuse to say, look, we need to make a change. Anyway. We've got to figure out where everybody's at. We've got to figure out where everybody's data is at. Why don't we do that and make it update at the same time? Wow. So it's going to be a big, big year. And then, and then the last thing on the list, I think, will be AI. Um, yes. So, so, so you heard the same sorts of claims that I heard all year. What do you think? Well, artificial intelligence, well, it was mentioned in our headlines eight times. I was actually a little surprised that it wasn't more than that. But then I started looking at, you know, the term artificial and intelligence and, and independently and chatbots. And if you look at all that, you're probably talking like 32 different times that something was mentioned in our headlines that had to do with what we would consider now the modern day artificial intelligence conversation. Um, I think this was a year of definition. We were trying to figure out what it was from my perspective. Um, a lot of little investments, a lot of trying to get enough data to make sense of models and algorithms. I wouldn't say we made any real progress this year, but you might have a different you know, story on that, John. What do you think? Do you think we actually made progress this year, or was it more of a definition year? Oh, we made progress. I, I, I got to say, like I always do, that there isn't anything resembling artificial intelligence available. There are, however, some extraordinary experiments in doing things with software that have never been done before. So the software is getting smarter uh, and will help you manage things. I, I, am, I remain 
permanently and profoundly impressed by what they're doing at Kronos, which is the last place in my mind you'd expect AI to really take root. But Kronos is a big company with lots of history and lots of customers, and they're doing things with smart software that their customers need. Right? There's nothing, they're not inventing anything unheard of. They're just designing the software so that when people do their job, they do it better. Uh, and that's, that's, I think, what the long-term meaning of this new kind of software is going to be. It's, you know, the, the machine learning, natural language processing, neural net stuff is uh, just another part of software like databases were part of software and will grow like databases grew. Um, the, the database segment um, was really, really important in the last 20 years or so as everybody started getting access to the company's software. You needed a database somewhere to handle all of the different users. In this new stuff, the idea is that you use the software less, right? So, so the the intelligent tool set should make people freer to do their jobs and spend less time actually working in the interface. And that's sort of the opposite of what uh, software design has been about for the last twenty years. Yeah, and 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 that idea of. <clears throat> I think changing the the idea of what software design is doing is probably maybe the most um, the most interesting thing that happened this year, right? This idea that we are um, rethinking the idea of what a platform really is, rethinking the idea of what a marketplace is, and artificial intelligence is in the center of that, right? Well, I think I think it's it's an amazing time to be. It, um, involved in technology in HR because whatever it is that we're doing doesn't really look like software. People who are really good at computer science and IT are not necessarily very good at data science and statistics. Uh, and this new stuff is all about data science, statistics, and the opposite of what the old design used to be about. So it's it's going to be... Um, um, I think a watershed technology change that is as impactful as uh, the introduction of computing in the first place. So we've got just a minute left, John. In that one minute, what, if you had to tell organizations, one organization to sort of keep an eye on, one of the small organizations that are growing and changing, and maybe what are the two big things you think are going to happen next year? What would you say those would be? Good to predict wow. what's going to happen next year. Wow. Save the hard question for last. Okay. I, um, um, I would, this, 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 is, this is way out of the blue. I would pay attention to a company called Bradio, B-R-A-D-I-O, radio with a B on the front of it. They're a little tiny company and they do a little tiny thing. And that little tiny thing is if you run a call center with, say, 10,000 employees in it solving technology problems. The way that those organizations work is 
you get the new product and then you have to answer all the phone calls associated with that product. So you get the new iPhone and then you have 10 million people who want to talk to you about the new iPhone and why it doesn't work. And that means that the 10,000 people in your, in your um, uh, call center have to learn a whole bunch of stuff very rapidly and at the same time allow their, the organization to shape into identifiable centers of excellence based on demand from the inbound traffic. Very complicated thing to manage. And, and, what, and the way that it moves forward is, right, so you get the new iPhone and nobody knows that when you hold down they don't have home buttons on the new one. So, but I'll still say you hold down the home button and you click Evernote and you get porn. Um, somebody has to figure out why that happens because the phone's ringing off the hook. And eventually, somebody somebody starts to understand that you can solve that by changing the battery setting to low power. Um, <laughs> but it takes a lot of work because the 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 bugs are never straightforward. The moment that somebody learns the solution to the problem, the faster you can get that solution into the hands of people who are answering the phones, the, the, the less money it costs to provide customer service. Uh, and so, so companies really want to move those little tiny bits of learning around the organization as fast as they can to the right people. But this is a 10,000-person organization where things are changing very rapidly. And so knowing who to send it to and how to send it to and why to send it to them um, is the stuff that Bradio does. And that kind of very high-speed learning um, is characteristic of what adaptive companies are going to be doing in the next 20 years. That's how you stay ahead of automation. And so, so I'd watch them. I'd watch them. And and two things you think, you know, topic-wise, you think what do you think the big topics going to be next year? Oh, when we close out, when we close the show, this show next year, we will be talking about privacy. Um, we won't be talking about anything else, and <laughs> and and the stories we'll be telling are of the 4% of revenue fines that have been assessed against uh, Facebook, <laughs> Google, Microsoft, and somebody from our industry. Yeah. Is good, right. Because, because if you look at, if you look at, at GDPR, it says you're supposed to know where all of the data is and you're supposed to be able to forget all of the data about a specific person when they request that you do so. And as you said in the middle of the show, nobody knows where all of their HR data is. And if you if you stretch that out to resumes and other related little tiny email things and talent pipelines and blah, 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 people are going to get fined in the HR department for using HR software. Um, and we'll be talking about that this time next year. Well, I'll make my two predictions because I, I agree. I think those are going to be really, really hot topics. I think from a topic perspective, we're going to talk about the value of personal data. So how much is it worth? And people are going to start asking, what am I going to get back for it? Won't be till the end of the year, probably maybe going into next year. But to me, it's going to be a value conversation about my data. I also think we're going to start talking a lot more next year because everywhere I'm seeing it now about 
tracking employees' work environment. We've been talking about it a little bit. It's been sort of that creepy side of HR that nobody wants to talk about. I think next year with all the new technologies, all the the connection points, all the ideas of getting data that we need to actually do the kind of training and artificial intelligence we want, what it's going to come down to is a lot of conversations about how much can you and should you be tracking your employees. Um, so that privacy thing is going to overlap with that. Two companies I would watch next year, I would pay attention to a little company called, well, not little and so much, but a company that's called Walk Me. Most people only know it from the learning side of the space or from the fact that they use the training in their application technologies already. It used to be primarily a technology that just sort of focused on helping organizations basically understand as they use their applications, right? It would have like a walkthrough of the application tool and it would show you if you forgot how to use it, where you put your pointer and what you write in and when you click something. Um, I think over the next year or two, if WalkMe sort of continues to increase their capabilities, they've just added some new artificial intelligence into their technology that is now going to start to recommend where, when, and how you should be completing your tasks. Um, I think in a way that no one else has really thought about because they're coming at it from a different angle than everybody else. They're not coming at it from a um, uh, technology and a learning perspective. They're coming at it from a productivity perspective. Um, so that, I would definitely watch that company. I would also watch um, Move Guides. I think they're an example of what we're going to see more of, which is organizations connecting the dots with the really, really hard stuff next year. That means the things that right now take us in an inordinate amount of time from an administrative perspective, and uh, they're an example of what organizations or other organizations are going to start to do. So I would watch them. Um, but it'll be an interesting year next year. We're going to see, I think, a lot of big names in the news, and we're going to see a lot of um, the smaller guys trying to figure out where they fit in this ecosystem. But I'm excited. I, you know, a lot of times, you know, I go into a new year thinking, oh, I'm not sure what we're going to see. I think this year will be a year where a lot of stuff will um, maybe uh, become more aware in the market. We're going to become more aware of the value of data. We're going to become more aware of the value of privacy. Uh, this will be a really big learning year, I think, for the world in general about HR technology. Fantastic. Well, I'm excited. And we'll be right here on Thursday mornings talking about the game as it progresses. Well, John, you have a good end of the year as well. And uh, I look forward to seeing everybody next year then. at uh, Next Thursday we'll be on regular time, regular place, right? That's right. So thanks for doing this again, Stacy. It's always a wonderful conversation. And thanks, everybody, for listening in. You've been thanks, listening everyone. to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with John Sumser and Stacy Harris. Thanks again for being with us today. Bye-bye now. Bye. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm.